part about that I must share with you. Would you get your Bibles with me? Let's go to the book of Revelations. Hallelujah. Revelations, the 16th chapter. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. Father, as always, we thank you for your great love and for your great mercy. Thank you for what you've done for us and what you're going to do for us. We ask you now that as we get ready to minister thy truths, I pray for a fresh fire and fresh anointing. Let your Holy Spirit rest on us and help us to convey to these thy children the things that you have impressed upon our heart. Give us revelatory knowledge and insight. Give us wisdom and understanding to rightly divide the word of truth. And all these that you have particularly gathered here today, you strategically ordered our steps. So we ask you now to minister to our heart. And Lord, touch us again. And do what needs to be done in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Every heart say amen, amen. and amen. Hallelujah. We're looking at revelations. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I, I want to go to the, uh, hallelujah, 16th chapter. Hallelujah. And looking at verse 15. Revelation 16. And looking at verse 15. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. We bless your name. Do you have it? Look there with me if you will. Now we're also going to be looking at a few other passages. We're also going to be looking at the, uh, the prophet Isaiah. Chapter 61. We also are going to look at Psalms 132. Looking at verse 9. We're going to look there at those passages. Amen. And uh, prayerfully that the Lord will help us to make some sense of these things. And help us to, that it will come together for all of us. And we can hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Revelation 16 and looking at verse 15. If you have it, say amen, I have it. All right. Behold, I come as a thief. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and notice this and keepeth his garments. Lest he walk naked and they see his shame. I want you to notice this again. Bless, uh, behold, I come as, how? A thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his, what? Garments. Least he walk naked and they see his shame. I want to talk about are you naked or are you clothed? Are you naked or are you clothed? Now, of course, we're talking about in the spiritual realm. Isn't that right? We're talking about in the spirit realm. You're either naked or you are clothed. Notice the book of Revelations, the 16th chapter. And John writes this. And he gives this exaltation from the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Again, he says, Behold, I come as a thief. If you would read the whole of Revelation 16, it is when judgment is pronounced on the earth. These seven angels are entering or are, are, are letting out the plagues that are to be poured out upon the earth. Amen. Such great plagues as the earth have never ever seen before. But in the midst of all of these judgments, God still cautions his people. He said, behold, I come as a thief. Isn't that right? Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments. Isn't that right? So in the midst of all the things that's going on, God said, you got to watch yourself. You've got to keep yourself at a place where you're ready to meet me. Now, before we talk about nakedness and being clothed, let's deal with Jesus keeps saying, I'm coming like a thief. This is, amen, what we call a simile. And a simile is a comparison. What Jesus is trying to tell the church and even those that don't know him, he says, my coming will be compared just like a thief. The Bible lays this out many times in scripture. Let me just list a few to you. He tells us, amen, in the book of Revelations 3 and 3. He tells one church, if they don't straighten up and get right, he said, I'm going to come on you as a thief. And you will not know what hour that I'm coming in. He's telling that church that if you don't pull yourself together and walk in righteousness and take heed to my word, he tells that church, I'm going to come on you like a thief. Amen. And he says, and you're not going to know what hour that I will come on you. And so he tells the church, always be alert, always be righteous, always be pure, always keep your lamp trimmed and burning because you don't know the day or the hour that I'm coming. You don't have time to dip and dab into sin. You don't have time to be in and out of God. You don't have time to be slight and slothful. All the time that you have is to say, Lord, help me to stay in a ready place. Because he said, if you don't, he said, I'm going to come on you as a thief. Notice another passage. He tells us in the book of 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter and verse 2. He says, the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Isn't that right? He said, when the world will say peace and safety, sudden destruction is going to come on them. They're going to have a false comfort. They're going to have a false hope. He said, but praise God, I'm going to come on them like a thief. He said, and so it behooves my people to stay ready. Everybody say, Lord, help me to stay ready. Everybody say it again. Say, Lord, help me to stay ready. Amen. When he talks about the day of the Lord, that term, the day of the Lord, means the day of God's judgment. The day of God's vengeance. There is a day appointed by Almighty God where he's coming and he's going to take vengeance on all those that don't know God and don't obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he said that day is going to come on the world like a thief. He said, when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction is going to come on them. The church has to stay in a ready place. You and I are supposed to be saved and born again and washed in the blood of Jesus. And you can't afford to go out there and miss when the Lord returns. Are you with me here? Another passage where he tells us that he's coming like a thief in St. Luke, the 12th chapter, verse 39. He says, if the good man of the house would have known in what hour the thief was coming, amen, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Are you with me here? 
Notice what Jesus, he constantly uses this analogy, this simile, this comparison as a thief. He said, if a good man would have known in what hour the thief is coming, he would have watched, he would have got ready, he would have prepared himself, and he would not have suffered loss in his house. When a thief is coming, if you know the time, amen, then you'll be ready and you'll make sure that your home is secure. Amen. But when you're not ready and the moment you become relaxed and, and just don't do what you're supposed to do, then the thief comes in on you. And you are the one that suffer loss. And so you have to stay ready. You have to be sure your doors are locked. You have to be sure your alarm system is on. You have to be sure that you have proper things in place. That you have proper lighting around your house. You want to do everything to detour the thief. Amen. From catching you unprepared. That's what you do as a homeowner, as somebody renting a house. You want things to be lit up. You want bushes that are high cut down. Amen. You don't want them to have a place to hide where they can just lurk there. And when you leave, they can up a window and come into your house. You be sure that you are properly prepared because you don't want to suffer loss. Jesus tells us very plainly the nature of a thief. A thief, he said, come to steal, kill, and destroy. When you've got somebody that evil in the world, amen, who has no respect for you and no respect for anything that belongs to anybody else, amen, that's a bad spirit. And that spirit, you need to be aware of it, that there are people all around. Don't go by how a person look. There's some high-collar, white-collar thieves. There's some people that look maybe a certain way. There's some people that you don't even know. You wouldn't even think that they would do such a thing but thieves come in all shapes and all forms and all classes I wish I had some help in here come on and talk to me somebody and you got to stay on alert sometimes people come to your house and ring your doorbell make like they come for information make like they come for something else and they're coming to check your home out they're coming to see amen are you really a naive person or are you a prepared person sometimes they come in your you don't need to let everybody in your house sometimes people come in just to scout your home out to see what you got in your home and the next thing you know your home have a broken into by somebody that you don't even unaware of that they came in to make like it's something else but they really came in with an agenda are you with me here don't let everybody in your home don't let everybody in your house. Can I talk to y'all a few minutes? Sometimes people go back and tell other people. Amen. That they got this. They got the other. They, and you around there boasting about what all you have. And God gave me this. And God. Listen. The Bible is clear. Don't cast your pearl before swines. Because they will trample over your pearls. And trample over you too. You can't tell everybody what God has blessed you with. You don't go pulling out your diamonds. And pulling out your rings. And amen. Showing them all around your house. You don't need to do that. If you don't know people. Can I talk to y'all a few minutes? If you don't know people, you need to be very, very cautious. Even the light company is warning you. Even the electric company is telling you, we do not send bill collectors to the dome. Don't take in any money from any of them. If they don't have a badge, if they don't have a uniform, if you don't see the truck out there, don't open the door. You don't have to open your door to everybody. Can I talk to y'all a few minutes? You got to be understandable that there are some great deceivers out there. There are some lying people out there. There's some sociopath out there. A sociopath is somebody that don't care about you. They don't care about your feelings. They don't care if you're hurt or whatever. They just out for their personal agenda. And there are people sitting even among you. You'd be surprised. God help me here tonight. Are you with me here? Tell your neighbor a thief got an agenda. 
Glory to God. But when the Lord Jesus compare his coming to a thief, he's also showing us, amen, remember a thief come to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus is coming to catch his church away. He's coming to steal us or take us away and we belong to him and he's going to catch us away and he's going to destroy the wicked. He's going to destroy those that have been living ungodly. That's why the Bible teaches you and I fret not thyself in no wise to do evil. Evil doers are going to be cut off. You've got to always remember that there is a penalty for living an ungodly life. There's a penalty if you decide that I'm going to walk in unrighteousness. The penalty is that Jesus is coming in a time that you don't even know. And when he come on you and you're not ready, you will be eternally lost. But I want to be with those that are caught up to meet him in the air. I want to be with those that walk into God's kingdom and say, God, I thank you that I kept my garment. I thank you that I kept living holy. I thank you that I kept striving to do what is right. You can't let the enemy get you in a place where you done forgot what your salvation is all about. What your walk with God is all about. It's about you being saved. It's about you going into the kingdom. And Jesus is coming like a thief in the night and he's going to catch his church away. Tell somebody I got to be ready. I got to be ready. I can't play. You might want to play church but I'm not playing church. You might want to be busy and do other things but I got to be ready when my savior come. If you plan to be ready give him some praise right now. God, I need you to help me here. Look around to somebody and tell them I got to be ready. Oh my God. Are y'all going to pray for me here? Listen, listen, listen. Jesus uses this analogy, analogy very strongly. Amen. He tells us even in St. Matthew 24 and verse 43. He tells us, amen, that we are to be ready we're to always be in a place the word teaches us that we are to watch therefore amen according to saint matthew 24 and verse 42 we are to watch therefore he said who is who then is that faithful and wise servant he said blesses that servant that when his lord cometh that he find him doing a part of being watchful is not only to stay clean but to be doing what god have called you to do you don't have time to lay out a church you don't have time to miss your mission you only have this window in life amen to do the work that god have assigned to your hand satan would love you to get caught up in offenses he would love for you to be hurt about certain things he would love for you to get upset because you know what it does it causes you to back up from your assignment it causes you to back up from what god have chosen for you to do this is why he said, watch therefore. He said, who is that faithful and wise servant? The word faithful means that you are consistent in your duty. You are consistent in your assignment. You are consistent in the plan and the purpose of God for your life. Faithful means that I'm going to do it if I'm sick in my body. I'm going to do it if nobody don't like me. I'm going to do it if people treat me bad. I'm going to do it, amen, even if I, my name is put out as evil. I'm going to do it. Let me tell you the devil is working overtime to get people off track with God, to get them away from God's purpose and God's plan. But you got to remember, what did God say? What did God tell you to do? Where did God assign you? To whom did he assign you to? What is your mission? What is your purpose? No wonder Jesus said, who is that faithful and wise servant? It's foolish for you to let people get you off of your job. It's foolish for you to let people get you away from what God have called you to do. That's what the Bible says in Revelation. He said, let no man take your crown. 
Don't let people get you off track with God. They'll cause you to miss what heaven has for you. Touch your neighbor and say, be wise and be faithful. Be wise and be faithful. Wake up, church. Wake up. I feel my help coming on. Wake up. Tell somebody, you better wake up. You better not get caught up in all this foolishness. You better not get caught up in they don't like me and I don't like them. And get all kind of malice in your heart and hatred in your heart. That's just what the devil wants. He wants you at that place where you stop watching because when Jesus come and catch his church away, you are going to be found not ready. Tell your neighbor, I got to stay ready. That's why you got to keep your garment. You got to watch yourself. Are you with me here? Now I want to tell you something. Can y'all pray with me just a little bit? I want to tell you something. When Jesus says plainly in Revelation. Listen at what he says again. Behold. I come as a thief. I'm coming Elder Waller as a thief. Listen at what he said. Blessed is he that watcheth. Watch me stay observant. Watch what, pastor? Watch myself. Watch the devil. Watch the word. Be sure that you're at a place where you're always observing. Are you hearing me here? Peter tells us to be sober and be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walketh about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You got to keep your eyes on the devil. And then you got to keep your eyes on yourself. One writer, Paul says in the book of Acts, take heed to yourself. You got to watch yourselves. You see, some of you are so busy watching other people till you're not paying attention to your own self. You don't even see your own prayer life is going down. You don't even see that you're not the same the way you were a few months ago. You're a little more distant from people. You're a little more backing away. You're a little more cold in your greetings to people. The Bible said as we approach the last days that the love of many will wax cold. You got to be careful that you're not getting cold in your heart. That the love of Jesus Christ is burning like a fire in your spirit. I wish I had some help in here. You got to be sure that you didn't take in what somebody said and that seed that the devil dropped in your heart to make you be divided, to make you stand away. You got to be sure in your spirit. Tell your neighbor, I'm watching myself. I'm watching my own self. I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching myself. You got to take heed to yourself. Jesus makes it very plain, very plain. He said, keep your garment. Everybody say, I must keep my garment. Now, why is Jesus telling us to keep our garment? He says, listen at this. He says, lest he find you naked. And when he find you naked, you will be ashamed. Now, let's go into the scripture. I want to go to Isaiah 61. And let's make this clear as we can. Isaiah 61. Anybody with me tonight? Today. Isaiah, look at this. I want to show you something. Isaiah 61. Hallelujah to Jesus. Look at verse 10. Isaiah the prophet. Chapter 61. Look at this with me. And verse 10. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Before we go there. Hold your finger there. Go to Psalms 132. Psalms 132. And we'll go to Isaiah. Hallelujah. Psalms 132 and verse 9. Look at this. Do you have it? Let the priests be clothed 
with what? Righteousness. Everybody say righteousness is a garment. Say it with me. Say righteousness is a garment. Say it one more time. Righteousness is a garment. He says, let thy priests be clothed with righteousness. And let thy saints shout for joy. Now let's go to Isaiah 61. Look at verse 10 with me. Hallelujah. Do you have it? Listen at what Isaiah 61 and 10 says. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. Notice this. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. Do you all see that in your Bible? For he hath done what? Clothed me with what? The garment of salvation. Notice this. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. Oh, are y'all reading your Bible? Listen to what he says. He said, as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments. And as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. Notice what garments are biblically. The garment of salvation is what you and I must be clothed with. He said, righteousness, the prophet said, God have covered me with a robe of righteousness. So when Jesus talks about keep your garment, he's talking about keep your salvation. He's talking about keep your righteousness. He's talking about keep living holy. He wants you to understand that righteousness is a garment. He wants you to understand that every time that you fall into sin, every time you choose to go in unrighteousness, you're taking off your garment. And when you take off your garment, you are naked. Or you might come to church and you might be sharp as can be. But in the spirit realm, you're altogether different. In the spirit realm, when you walk in sin, when you sleep with people you have no business sleeping with when you tell lies when you gossip when you backbite when you go out and commit adultery y'all ain't gonna talk to me here every time you step out from under that cloud and under that pillow you are unrobing yourself and you're putting on you have nothing on now but you're naked but i want to tell you something my dear beloved when you do that even though the people might look at you as oh this is so and so this is so and so but there are some people with spiritual eyes there are some people in the holy ghost that's praying and they're saying something ain't right oh y'all better help me here something ain't right with them something ain't clean but you see the holy ghost knows that's what god told me to tell the church he said tell them they better wake up they're either clothed or they are naked jesus said when i come if i catch you naked everybody gonna see your nakedness everybody gonna know you ain't been living safe you've been just talking it you've been just telling lies you've been just in church but you ain't been saved when the gates of heaven are open up and the righteous go in and we look back and see you not going oh my god the shame of your nakedness it will appear you gonna hold your head down cause you had opportunity you had a chance to get some things right you sat in church Sunday after Sunday you heard the word of the Lord but you wanted to keep doing your thing you wanted to keep sleeping with your lover and tipping around here and there and you think nobody had eyes to see you think nobody could discern you your back door lovers you'll come on somebody you thought nobody saw you 
was still messing with drugs here and there. You think nobody saw that you were tipping around the corner. You tried to be discreet. You tried to cover it up. But you can't cover up sin. Y'all ain't going to talk to me here. You can't hide from God. And he said the day is coming. I'm coming like a thief. And when I come on you and you done strip down. If you're holy, be holy still. If you're righteous, be righteous still. If you're unclean, you're going to be unclean still. Y'all ain't going to talk to me here. Either you're naked or you're clothed. Tell your neighbor, I hope you got clothes on. Mm. Help me, Holy Ghost. I want to minister some things to you from the word of God. So we're going to go right on into the word. Amen. And uh, get your Bibles if you will. And we're going to share some things from the scriptures on today. Thank you Lord Jesus. Father we love you. We thank you for your great mercy and your great love. We thank you for sending Jesus. Who gave his life at Calvary. That we might have eternal life. Thank you that he redeemed us by his own blood. That we might become ears of God and join ears with Jesus Christ. Thank you Jesus for living in the heavens and being our faithful high priest. You're the minister of the heavenly sanctuary. We thank you Lord Jesus for the Holy Ghost that lives within us. And the word of God that's a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. As we get ready to partake of the bread of life, give these thy children that you've gathered here open hearts, listening ears, that we might all hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And I'm asking you for special grace this morning, special anointing this morning to minister these truths that you have placed upon my heart. And if you would use me for thy glory, I'll give you all the praise and all the honor. Save the lost. Reclaim the backslider and stir up, Lord, the lukewarm. And most of all, encourage the righteous also that we might be ready for your coming. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Help me give the Lord a big praise if you love him on today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Get your Bibles if you will. I want to draw two passages of scripture to your attention. And uh, I want to talk about training up a child. Training up a child. I want you to look with me to the book of Proverbs, the 22nd chapter. Proverbs 22. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Proverbs 22, and look at verse 6 with me. Hallelujah. Do you have it? Train up a child in the way he should go. Do you see that? Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Do you see that in your Bible? Train up a child in the way or in the direction that they should go in. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child. I want to talk about training up children. And if the Lord will give us grace, I want to say some things to our children but most of all, I want to say things to parents. Because too many of our children are falling through the cracks. 
too many of our children are turning out in a way that's not pleasing to God. And we have to pray for the remedy. When you see a problem, you got to pray for the answer. You got to pray and say, Lord, where am I missing it as a parent? I know practically every parent at one time or another, when your children were acting up, sometimes you just shook your head and say, where did I go wrong? What did I do or what did I not do? If you didn't say it, we all have had that thought. Because it makes you feel sometimes inadequate. It makes you feel like somehow I must have missed it. But one of the things that you've got to be certain that you're first of all doing all that you can. You've got to be certain that you're not an absent parent. And sometimes you can be, an absent parent is not only a parent that's not in the home, but sometimes you can be in the home and still be absent. Because you fail to engage in your children's lives. Sometimes parents can be so tied up with, you know, trying to run their own lives. Until they let the television and the computer, and as the pastor said today, the phone, run the lives of the children. Just so long I don't be troubled and aggravated. You can't think like that. You have to engage yourself. And remember that children are an inheritance of the Lord. And that means that God gave them to you to rear for him. For his glory and for his honor. And if you are a parent that's in the home but still absent, you've got to change some things. You've got to be careful that you don't live too far beyond your means, beyond your means that you're working so many jobs, first of all, that you're too tired or you're too worn out to even see about your children. It's going to be rough a little bit today. You've got to be careful that you're not so distracted by other things in your life. Whether they're good or bad, sometimes they can be the wrong thing. You got to be careful that you're not, you know, you got these children and you're still trying to have a boyfriend. Chasing after your own gratification. And missing out on what God have given you to do. That could be a girlfriend as well. Because many fathers are absent by not engaging. Are y'all going to pray for me today? When the Bible says train up a child, he's saying to every parent, I have given you a deep responsibility. Just as much as I have called you to come to church and to gather in my name, just as much as I've called you to worship me and to serve me, a great part of your ministry on the earth is your children. We're in a time where people want ministry so bad and they want to be evangelists and prophets and teachers and all these things so bad until they miss one of the main ministries. In my 37 years of pastoring, I've seen parents. They've come up to me, Pastor, God called me to preach. I need some license. I need you to ordain me. Sometimes they're children or just as wild and unruly, out of control. And I'd say to them, you're missing your first ministry. Your first ministry is to your children. I never in my life wanted to be a father that was out winning the world and lose my family. 
never wanted that to be so. I had to make a conscious decision early on as a young man that I want to engage myself in my marriage, in my family, because I don't want to let the devil have my children. But I'm not winning everybody to Jesus Christ. Ministry and anointing does not excuse you from parenting. Train up. Everybody say train up. This is a very important word. I want to talk about this word a little bit. Train up. Because it's a word in the original Hebrew. It means, first of all, to begin or initiate. Or to inaugurate. It means that you are to begin and initiate teaching in the lives of your children. It means that you are the starting point. Where your children learn principles, values, morals. It starts with the home. It is not up to the school or anybody else in the street to teach your children values, principles, morals. It, it, it starts with the parent. And then it follows with the community. But if the parent lead the initiation to the community, then you're going to wind up with a child that you don't even know. Because some of everybody else's principles and values and morals be, be, will be put in your child. If you leave it to the rap artists, if you don't check what's going on in their ears, you don't know what Lil Wayne is talking about. Y'all ain't going to talk to me here today. You don't know what, uh, what's some of these other fellas? Nicki, Nicki Minaj is putting in your child. You don't know what uh, these artists are telling your children between their ears. And it's up to every parent to engage yourself. Not use it as, here, listen at this here and just leave me alone. Don't bother me. I got a bad headache. I had a rough day. You're going to have to pray for more grace and say, now God, I got to go home and engage myself with my child. Give me some grace and help me to put what happened aside today and help me to be a part of my family. Everybody say, I must train my child. I must initiate principles, values. I'm the one that's... It's, it's the same thing as buying a plant and whether it's a rose bush or what have you, a good planter knows you either put a little pole or a little brace because as that plant grows, you're teaching it to wrap around and to grow in a certain direction. And you have to often prune it you have to often dig around it. You have to often check on it. But a good gardener know this is what I've got to do. To get these roses and these vines to grow in the direction that I want it to grow in. And that's what God is saying. Your children are like tender vines. They may give you a hard time but they are not a full tree yet. When the tree get grown, it's too late to bend it. But while it's a tender vine, it's your chance to say, this is the direction that you're going in. This is the identity that God is going to place in you, and I'm going to be a part of it. Touch your neighbor and say, it's our job to train. Train them up. Train them up means to give them the necessary preparation. Give them the standards. Give them the morals. Not just about 
God, because that's only a part of it. But every parent got to learn to look at your child and recognize their ability. Understand that all of your children are unique in their own way. And you can't be partial to one child and be upset all the time with the other child because you cripple them. You make them feel neglected and unloved. Just because this one gave you a harder time than this one, don't cater your love only to the child that's giving you the least difficult time. You still got to love this other child unconditionally. Mm. Mm. You got to pray for grace. We all, if you got more than one child, you got a hard head in the bunch. You got one that's going to try you. That's going to give you a difficult time. Sometimes if you got just one, sometimes that one. But as a parent, you got to pray for grace. You got to pray for wisdom. You got to pray for insight. You got to pray for God to help you. You got to pray for God to teach you. You got to pray for God to help you to be calm. I was reading something about uh, Kevin Hart. And... Uh, you know the co young comedian, the little short fellow. <laughs> Y'all know who I'm talking about, right? You know, as wild and, and crazy as you may think he is, he came from a very intelligent home. His mother was actually a professor at a college, a university. And he told his mother he wanted to try this Comedian thing. She wanted him to become very educated and to move in a certain direction. But one thing she determined that as a Christian woman, she was going to always remind him about God and the Bible. And so she said, well, okay, I'll support you with this comedy thing for about six or nine months. If it don't work out, then you compromise with me and let's try to get you on a different course. Now, notice what she was doing. She wasn't killing his dream, but she was going to remind him that, listen, you need God and you need some kind of formal training or education. Are y'all with me here? So, amen, she said, I'll support you. She said, but I want you to read your Bible. Every day I want you to read your Bible. So he said that his rent was getting behind. And he started calling his mom. You said you would support me. She said, had you read your Bible? Mama, my rent due. You talking about reading the Bible. And my rent is due. But she stuck with her grounds. Have you read your Bible? He called her back again. Mama, they're going to throw me out. She said, have you read your Bible? You're always talking about the Bible, and I'm trying to tell you, they're about to put your son out. Table to argument again. So one day he got upset. He said, let me just read this Bible. Just to, when I called this woman to let her know. <laughs> yeah, I read it. He opened the Bible and checks for six months was in the Bible put there by his mother. Are you hearing me here? He had to call her and apologize. Had y'all heard that story? Isn't it sad that sometimes people are trying to give you guidance and the blessing is right in the guidance that God is trying to give you. 
So children, listen, when God give you good parents and God-fearing parents, honor your mother and your father. The great blessing is right there in you honoring them. If, if he had only just honored his mother's request. See, the Bible says, honor your mother and father. He didn't say a perfect mother. He didn't say a perfect father. He said, honor your mother and your father. Notice that your days might be long and that it might be well with you. Children, on your account, you have got to honor your parents. If you want to have good days, if you want things to go well for you, if you want to have a good life, because believe me, God know how to walk you down. God know how to wait on you in life and remind you of what you did. So it's better to get things right on this side and say, you know what? My mother and my parents know they're not perfect. There are no perfect people. But that's my mom. That's my dad. I need to honor them. I need to respect them. I need to refrain from going toe-to-toe -to -toe with them and word for word. I need to respect them so I can have good days and a long life. I, I want to tell you something. There are many people that you see in life. You're looking at difficult times in their life, but you don't know the story behind their life. You don't know why things have happened the way they did. It's our place to teach, to train. The word train, again, it means it's your job to prepare them. Everybody say, I must prepare them. Say it again, I must prepare them. Listen, it means that I must initiate. I've got to be the first teacher. I've got to train them about God. I've got to talk to them about what is really valuable in life and what has no lasting value. You've got to train them, train them, what's the weightier matter in life? Having the best of clothes while you're 10 so the children won't talk about you. Or being modest and let them have on nice things. Come on, somebody. But encourage them more on it's more important that you read. Get your lesson. Because some of those same students that are cracking on you, if you get your lesson, they'll be coming to you in the employment line. They'll be coming to you. Oh, Y'all ain't going to help me here. It's more important that you get your, your education and you get your degree and that you walk a certain walk. Because listen, I don't want you to miss out on what's really important in life. You see, think back. There are many people that didn't have parents to train them in a direction. Many people, life was just thrown at them and they did the best they could with life. Amen. But not having good mentors. Not having uh, good parents. Not having good people around them. One of the, my favorite parents that was a part of this church went home to be with the Lord, Sister Jay. Sister Jay would sit about on that second seat. But what made her one of my favorite parents was that when life gave Sister Jay some hardships, divorce, abandoned, and left to raise three little children, she didn't let life turn her out. First of all, she stayed with God. Come on, somebody. Secondly, she was not going to let the culture around her children dictate what her children should become. She corrected their English when they were very small. If they said, uh, I'm going out the door, she said, there's no such thing as a door. Now there's a door. <laughs> but there's not a door. Y'all ain't going to talk to me here. You said, that's not important. Yes, it is. 
Well, you want them to be hard, pastor. Let me tell you something. When, when you let society raise your children and dictate how your children should be, you're making a terrible mistake. Let me tell you, you can be brought up in the hood, but that don't mean that you got to stay hood. It's quite all right. I know I was going to have a hard time today, but it's all right. She would correct those children in their English, in their manners. And here's another smart thing she did. She brought them to a church where they could have a father figure. Because she, she realized, I'm a woman, but I cannot take the place of a man. I can teach my children, but I need to bring them and take them somewhere where there's a male figure where my boys can have a man to look at and pattern. I'm not trying to pin no flowers. I'm just telling you a reality. Smart woman. Very smart woman. Next thing I know, those children were being brought up around my children. This lady was smart. She was smart. She knew what she was doing. Next thing I know, her children are growing up. Still in church. Talking good. Learning how to interact with people. Learning, I can be, I can come from the hood and still talk straight and still talk like somebody. I don't have to be, yo, 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 what's up, what's up? hand all grabbing your private and all like this here. Y'all ain't gonna like me here, but I got to help somebody out. So you just pray for me, all right? You know? No, that don't mean anything. Oh, you ain't down if you ain't hard. What you mean? You're missing the point of growth. Growth don't mean that you got to stay. Listen, all of us are here and we can grow. And you can train your children. Listen, talk right. Conduct yourself. Act right. And still love where you came from. Never forget where you come from. But always remember, it's not where you come from. It's where you're going. And you are going to a higher level. No, I'm not going to let you stay where you were. You are going to a new dimension. And I'm going to help launch you. Come on, somebody, and talk to me here. Train your children. And they can come back in the hood. And help others come out of the hood. But you can't help nobody out if you don't get out of it yourself. But you got to, listen, I tell other pastors. They say, don't you want to buy some land on the outskirts? Don't you want to build a church way out? I like where I'm at. I like where God put me smack in the hood. I love where I'm at. I've never been afraid of my own people. I've never been afraid of my own surroundings. I like where I'm at. Aren't you afraid you're going to get cut? No. Aren't you afraid you're going to get shot? No. It's where I come from. It's where God want me to minister. It's who God want me to reach. And I'm here to stay. Y'all ain't going to help me up in here. Come on somebody. I talked to folks on the phone. They said, you sound white. How does white sound? tell my wife that why do you, you you pronounce your words like that what's wrong with it what's wrong with pronunciation what's wrong we've got to engage everybody say we must engage say we must engage ourselves show you something in the book of St. Luke. I want to show you something. Go with me to the book of St. Luke. Let's, let's look at something here. 
Help me, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Look at St. Luke, the second chapter. Let's look at Jesus as an example. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Somebody love it. <laughs> All right. St. Luke, look at chapter 2. I want you to look at verse 40. Now, this is talking about Jesus. And the child, what? Grew. Grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now, now Jesus grew up in the hood. Nazareth was considered the hood. That's why, that's why they said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? 